Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Happy New Year, podcast listeners. I hope you had an amazing holiday. Hope you're looking forward to a new year like I am. 2019, here we come. We're very excited. Um, We're starting off the year with opening up our program, The Vitality Shift, and you can check that out at www.thevitalityshift.com. This is a four-part program that's going to help to take your practice away from treating more pain and conditions to more optimizing vitality and function in your practice members. And it's a four module course. The first part, we're really going to dig into your premise because this is kind of your why behind what you're doing. The second thing is we, we have four keys to communication where we'll really dive into personality styles. We call it subluxation, love languages, your values, and we've created a thing called the hierarchy vitality. We also have a bunch of vital signs. We have about 12 different objective vital signs that we use in our practice um, that we we want to explain how you can explain it to your people to show how you improve function and how removing subluxation, optimizing function helps to improve brain function. And then the last section is just on care planning. And so this is just making care planning decisions based off your objective findings rather than just kind of guessing. And um, we've had lots of feedback uh, from this program. We've had uh, over 200 uh, chiropractors join the program, and we're only opening it for a short period of time in January. So make sure you go to the website, www.thevitalityshift.com. And uh, if it's still open, register. We'd love to see you inside. And if not, uh, hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Vitalistic Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host. And today, I get to talk to someone that is from Canada, but then she is now in Australia, and she's one of our turbo shifters. Uh, she is from McKay, Queensland now in Australia, and uh, her name is Dr. Pierre Tyranny. And Hello. we've been, how are you doing, my dear? Welcome to the I'm podcast. I'm good. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, so we've been able to have a chance to work with her over the last uh, six months, and she's had some amazing growth. And so I really want to get her on the podcast, because anytime we're working with people who have a lot of growth. I want to kind of get them on the podcast and share their, their, their story with a bunch of other people because there's so many similarities other people out there, you know, out in the world can, can kind of get from their story and help them grow too. Cause that's our whole goal is to help other people grow. So like I do with all my people, and I'm really interested in this, with this story <laughs> is that you grew up in Canada and I think you went to school in Australia. So how, how did this whole thing, how did you find out about chiropractic first and how, how did you end up going to Australia? All right. Well, I, um, so I grew up in Winnipeg. I was surrounded by an incredible chiropractic family. So I, I'm sure a lot of people know Dizonies or Champagne family. They oh, were yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I knew all of them and um, a few of them were actually in my class growing up. So I'd known them since I was probably about five. Um, I have a massive medical family background. So my sister's a doc, my mom's a nurse, my dad's a biochemical engineer. So there, it's a completely opposite paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Champagne and Disney family were a big influence for me because they were the most active family, the healthiest family I had ever met in my life. I had been adjusted by mush since I was, I don't know how old, really young. 
Um, I remember him like adjusting me on on the side of the highway coming back from from camp, school camp one time. Uh, how did so, you, you know, guys? How did how did you even know to like? Did your parents see them, or how did you even start seeing them in the first place? Um, do you know what? I didn't actually go to their practice. I just used to get adjusted at at Masha's house, actually, the Champagne's house. Okay. Um, and it was just it was just part of part of growing up. It was just normal for us. And I did see another chiropractor in Winnipeg as well with my family, but they were more probably pain based adjustments like from sport or whatever right um and so they were a big influence on me but i i didn't know that i was going to go into chiropractic it wasn't that was my life goal or anything um Mm. i started university right out of high school so i did a year of sciences Mm -hmm. again wasn't too sure what i wanted to do i was actually interested in forensics over anything else oh wow (laughs) yeah and, CSI um, stuff. <laughs> it was, it was. And uh, I traveled over to BC and I did a season in Big White mm. and then had plans that I didn't want to go back to university right away, that I was going to travel to Australia and do a year just traveling around. And when I was here, I, so I did my year and thought I wasn't ready to go back, mm-hmm. but I was ready to go back to study. And chiropractic came up. And I went, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I got into university here and did my five years. The interesting thing is that it had a very different model again to life, I think. Like it, life college, it basically is, has a, has a, I find a more medical um, study. Like, um, like yeah, yeah more mechanistic. Yeah. And which school, right. which school did you go to? Um, Macquarie Uni in Sydney. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was, it was very different coming out of university. I felt, um, oh, I, I, I think I felt a little bit lost coming out of it. I didn't know how to do an ROF. Um, I really didn't know how to communicate that, like the vitalistic side at all. I didn't, I didn't understand it, but I was okay with that because I had come from this medical background and that's what it was and, and that's how I practiced. But it became probably a little bit more difficult down the track because I didn't see my practice grow that much. And it was quite frustrating because you would see some people get a little bit better and that would be where you would leave it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, How, when did you graduate? Sorry to interrupt, but what year? Uh, did you graduate? 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did you yeah. just, did you just uh, associate or open? How did you start right out of the gate? Did you get your own practice or? I actually was pregnant in my last semester of university. I oh, wow. already had a job, so I had moved up to Noosa. I was working with the, uh, in a practice there, but I was by myself most of the time, so I didn't have very much mentoring coming out of university. And I probably only practiced three or four months before I went on mat leave. Mm. And I didn't actually go back to that practice. I moved up to Mackay from there. So, um, yeah, I had only sort of practiced three or four months out of university, moved up to Mackay after that, and then was an associate at one practice and then moved on to another practice where I basically started it from nothing. But as an associate, mm-hmm. again, not much mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started a little bit more coaching from there. So probably like two years in. So, it, so that was interesting. So when you uh, took over, like uh, basically your associate in the practice and you started from zero, like did someone just open a practice and put you in as an yes. associate and have you grow up? Yes. Interesting. And so you started from zero. 
Yes. Okay. So when you started from zero, how did you grow? Because like, like how did, how did you get people in the very first time? Cause there's probably a lot of people out there who are, you know, just starting their practice and be like, how do you, how do you do that? Um, I had a really good relationship with a GP yeah. who is, who worked downstairs from my practice. So we actually awesome. rented the space from him. Yeah. So I had a lot of referrals from there. I had referrals from our, you know, our other practice. So we, we had one on one side of town and I was on the other. So I'd have some referrals back and forth from them and family members. And then eventually it was just growing from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly internal referrals, I think. And that's probably still how I, I grow my practice. I don't, I don't really go out and advertise. I don't do health talks, as you know, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so people out there that might not know that um, Pierce's favorite thing in the world is not probably getting out in front of a whole bunch of people, including, yeah, I have including to think her, she's very nervous about doing the podcast, so she's doing awesome. So good job. <laughs> oh, exactly. So nervous. So nervous. Um, but yeah, so, so like I said, like a lot of internal referrals, it, it, um, and it just grew from there. But again, always went to a specific number and then I stayed there and I felt comfortable there. Right. Um, so for a long time I did, and it was, I'd say more pressure from the principal chiropractor from the other practice. It was always when you get to this and when you get to this number and internally I thought, Hmm, I don't think that's for me. I don't think I want that. And even yeah. though there was this pressure there, I didn't know how, and I didn't know why I'd want that. Right. Um, and it, and it was a burnout too. Like I felt like if I, if I do any more than this, I'm just, that's it. I'm just going to burn out. So I was in my little comfort zone. Well, and I think that a lot of people find that, right. Is that they think that in order to get to the next level, they, they're going to, they're going to keep doing the same things that they're doing at this level. But when you get to a different level, you no longer do those things. You have to change to do different things because you're right. You can't do you can't if you say someone's seeing 50 a week and they're they're pretty happy with that and then if they're going to go to 150 a week um there's going to be some things that have to change yes <laughs> you can't do things Majorly. the same as you do at 50 a week as you do at the, at the higher level right yeah, so, exactly so when you when you kind of wanted to tap into that growth was, was it that you was it that you wanted to would you, was your initial um, motivation to grow your business or was your motivation to move more vitalistic how was, um, what was the start? Probably neither at the oh, beginning. Oh, really? Yeah? Yeah. Because my initial coaching was um, getting me just to understand the basics, I think. So mm-hmm. um, I, didn't, I didn't feel I got very much from that initial coaching purely because, again, it was pushing me into areas that I wasn't comfortable going into. So let's say um, like pushing frequency of adjustments. And, but I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And I needed the why to be able to do it. And if I didn't, it just didn't sit well with me. So um, even though there was attempts at pushing me out of my comfort zone, it was probably not done in the way that I needed it to happen at the time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much even to, to grow the business. I didn't feel that that was my motivation. It was more understanding the why, I think. Understanding the why before. I know my, my very yeah. first coach, um, he, I was initially, I think my, when I first came out of school, I was not very confident when I was giving care plans. I think I was seeing someone uh, three times a week for a couple of weeks and then see how it goes. Right. That was the, that exactly. was the, the micromanage. Yeah. And then the he, and then my first coach recommended I do something like 80 some visits in the first year. And, and so 
we always talk about this in, in the turbo shift group is that yes. we, in order to get in the zone, you need to get out of your comfort zone, but just about 4% out of your comfort zone. Yes. Because if you get like uh, 700% out of your comfort zone, then you just like, ah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, well, that in the last six months, it's exactly what I've done is every day I make a choice not to do the same thing I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. So that basically just means like, if I'm freaking out about it, I can just move that a little bit more and, um, conversations are far more real. I tell the truth. So I'm not scared of what the reactions are going to be. Well, sometimes, but not nearly as much. Um, yeah, just massive changes in the last six months, but like I said, previous let, to that it was harder. Yeah. And so, so going back to that, so, okay, you, you got, you did coaching and they pushed you a little bit out of your comfort zone. And then, and so that didn't really help you that much because it was just, no. too, it was too far to go. So, so then what was the next evolutional steps for you? Um, I probably stayed about the same for the last <laughs> how many years now, I guess, uh, five or six. We, we moved that practice to another location. I co-owned the actual building with the principal chiropractor that I bought from. And then I eventually bought out the business thinking that, yep, this is for me. I'm ready to do it, but very nervous to do it. And, um, Again, I did see growth right away because the motivation was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and it was mine. So I could, I could do what I felt was right for me. But again, it sort of stayed in that one spot. And I think it was probably, it was you and Brandy, actually, that first call when, um, oh, was it in that? Maybe, actually, maybe it was in the shift when I started doing those videos and I was thinking, oh, wow, like I basically micromanage every single patient. Oh, it would have been our first call, actually. Mm -hmm micromanaged every single person that came through the door just like you said you did Don and it was yeah. it was it was yep yeah, we'll do like two or three times a week for two weeks and then we'll see how it goes and then the yeah. next time they come in I have to look at what they've been doing and then okay we'll see you in a week or how did you test it like is, it's like it's, it's almost like doing a reevaluation every visit <laughs> every visit I did <laughs> I did and like I the thing is that I like I I get good connections with people and I feel that I do like I'm a good chiropractor. So we get, we hold on to people. People want to stay with us long-term, but that initial stage was just, it's so hard. It was so much work all the time. So, so when was there a time where you said, Hmm, I, I want to try to get a little bit more to on that, on that vitalistic asset rather than just being more kind of pain-based. Was there a time yeah. where you kind of, you kind of, it hit you? Um, probably after I, w I started the shift. Okay. It was, it was, yeah. Um, I'd been talking to Ben Purcell, who's also in the engine and mm -hmm. he had started the shift in September last year, which is when I took over the practice. And I, I probably just thought financially I couldn't do it. And I was, you know, just starting this new business, so much stuff going on. So I went, I held off on it and I regretted it so much because from the get go, he just loved it. So I waited until that January when it came out again and, and started, but it would have been around that time. So when I was speaking to him and, and um, then, yeah, and then started to watch those videos and starting to understand, okay, like I, I do do a lot of this stuff, but then understanding how I can, uh, I can use that as tools to guide people in understanding like why they're doing what they're doing, how, what their health is doing, how their stress levels are impacting on them and 
just such a change in conversation with mm-hmm. people. What would you think was the biggest kind of aha that you got from the shift that, that you, that you um, kind of started implementing right away in your practice? Understanding people's languages. Yeah. 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 And personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably a really big one for me. Actually, the vital tests too, because those are the, probably the biggest tools that we use in order to communicate to people because you don't even like a, a simple turn test, which I used to do, but I probably didn't have a big discussion about it. Now, people freak out. <laughs> They'll do the right, because you kind of pre-frame like, it, you pre-frame it before it's going to happen and then they're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so those are, those are really cool. Um, Oh, I don't know. There's, there's so many things because even in that first conversation we have, we had this talk a couple of times now, but that very first call with you guys and figuring out what behaviors I had in place and what I was doing all the time. And that whole week of basically just crying <laughs> after that first call, you know, like that's, that was probably the biggest impact on my life, I think. Well, let's, let's get, get into that because that, that is a kind of an interesting thing. And I think a lot of people could relate is, is, and I, and I was teasing you before the pre-call thing saying like, <laughs> if I was to like, we have, a, we do the personality styles that's in my book, the underdog curse. And uh, I have four animals that you basically figure out where you are. Um, yep. But I said, we should add a fifth one was a little mouse. Cause Pierre was like, <laughs> she was like a little mouse and, and, and her energies like this. And she seemed so scared about everything and, and all that stuff. Tell us a little bit about your mindset going into that and, and tell us a little bit about how you kind of broke through because even now when we're talking to you, just your confidence is like, yeah, it's better. It is better. To it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I don't know, like, I guess the personality types, I don't, explaining those, but basically like dolphin, alpha, um, lab and ant. Yeah. So the alpha being the one that's going to give, um, it's going to be a brandy. I'm not a brandy. Yeah. But in my head, when I'm answering the questions, I had a lot of brandy traits. But as right. soon as I had that first call, you guys are like, Mm-mm. "Yeah, sorry, no. <laughs> you are not. You just micromanage everything in your life so that you don't fail and you don't look stupid." And and I'm like, nailed it. And I pretty much cried for a whole week. And yeah, because realized, you initially thought you're you're an alpha, right? Yeah. That, yeah. And yeah. then you're actually a more of a lab. So it was kind of that yeah, realization totally. was kind of traumatizing, but sort of a relief too, right? It was a relief. Yes. Cause it just made me realize that I did, I did try to micromanage because I had such a fear of failing and such fear of disappointing and uh, being wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was huge growth for me and I'm still working on it now. I still like bitch slap myself all the time. <laughs> resets, <laughs> resets through the day. But um, yeah, it's so much easier. Yeah. And, and, and when at the beginning too, like when you, um, like when you were trying to do new things or trying to implement new things, sometimes you get into that free state. Um, yes. Maybe just explain a little bit to what, would, what would go on in your head if you kind of got into uncomfortable situations. Um, dissociation. Yeah. So I, it's like, it's almost as if I go complete mind blank. It's like an anxiety attack. Almost. You just have complete mind blank and you have such a fear that you're going to be caught out, you know, making a mistake or yeah. Um, and I still get those moments a little bit (laughs) like when I had to be put on a podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) 
but and again, no, I'm just kidding. But sometimes you like that imposter syndrome, right? Like you think, yeah, like who am I to do this or, or who That's am I right. to give these recommendations? That's right. And, and yeah. so, so what are some of the, the strides that you've made in the last little bit to help with that? So it doesn't affect you as often. Um, I just become very aware of it. So then I try to sit with whatever my feelings are on the day. So especially if it's someone that triggers me a little bit, um, probably the alpha types are the ones that are going to do that to me a bit more because they are usually so blunt Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes a little bit harder to connect with. So if I can connect with someone easily, then no problem. But if I struggle with that, I'm trying to work them out and then I get that freeze moment sometimes. So if I can just come back to myself, take a second, reanalyze and then, yeah, go and again. So I, I do. Yeah. Because I think the funny thing is because we're we're quite similar uh, for personality styles, and yeah. and and in the past, like that alpha direct person would would also freak me out too. But yeah. it, the funny thing is, is that the direct person is actually kind of a breath of fresh air because sometimes us as labs, yeah. <laughs> we Brandy, uh, we always call ourselves the pretty little liars because we'll we sugarcoat. Yeah, we'll pretend everything's good. But it's not really that good. And at least with an alpha, most of the time you know where you stand, right? At least it's, that's right. It's kind of like get to the point, or I want it, I want this information right now, or bang, bang, bang. Where the loud be like, oh, it's all good. Or we'll say on a report of findings, they'll come to you say, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Oh, sure, that's perfect. That's great. And then they go <laughs> to the front to sign up for their care plan, and they're like, no, I can't do any of that. <laughs> yeah. Or else they miss that's their right. appointment, and then you never see them for the rest of the. Ever, it's probably it's probably you're right because we are how we are people want to please us just as much as we want to please them most of the time so yeah it's funny yeah. now because when when <laughs> i uh when i do have a, a new practice member come in and i can tell they're a lab and they agree really quickly with me of what we're doing and our recommendations i actually have to backtrack it out like are you sure and i'm <laughs> like <laughs> yes like you and then i try to go into it and you almost like you got to dig extra times because they, they like kind of agreed to it too quickly and you're going, and I have to have my spidey senses and said, did I just get labbed? Did I just get labbed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I find that's the nice thing about having those personality styles, right? Because, because just like, um, you know, you, you like talking with people that are like you, right? And so yes. if we have that adaptability to be able to change how we're talking and what kind of style, it just kind of makes us connect a little bit better to, yeah. those, to those people. Yeah. Right? And that was probably something I felt that I was stronger in to start off with, but then recognizing those personality traits, I'm far less triggered by someone that I'm having a harder time connecting with. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. cool. So we'll get into my, my normal questions for the podcast. Uh, is there a time in your life where you got like totally stressed out and burnt out? And, and if you did kind of, what what did you do to realize that and 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 how did you come around from that oh i probably have a lot of those moments <laughs> <laughs> well it's just it's a, a it's lot a, of those moments yeah um oh i think in every situation apart from even though, like like i said like the last six months have been a little bit different because i can reset a lot faster but previously i'd have big burnout moments i'd, I'd feel it coming and it'd be a, you know, a week or two of feeling like that burnout's coming and I get to it and then I completely freeze. I would just shut down until eventually I could let go of whatever it was. Um, but it was the same pattern every time. It's mm. like I would just, just dump more on, dump more on, dump more on until I'd just reach breaking point and then freeze. 
<laughs> so now it's not, now I don't do that. Now I can kind of sit in it, as I said, and then, and let it go a lot faster. Do you have, do you have a checklist or do you have any kind of like self-care routine or anything that, to keep in check to see how you're doing to see if you're, cause again, it's a lot of, for people pleasers, I know it's easy to say yes too much and start taking on more and more yeah. stuff until all of a sudden it's like too late and you've kind of, you've gone over threshold. Is there, is there a way you kind of monitor yourself? Um, I probably just sit with it for a minute and figure out if it resonates with me and if I am saying yes because I should or yes because I want to. Right. Um, which I never used to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I, every day I do something that's just for me as well. I do take a lot of time, like timeouts, because I'm so busy. I'm running around all the time. I've got two little kids and crossfit in a practice and whatever else I'm running around all the time but um I do try to take like at least that 30 minutes whether it's a bath or whether I'm just sort of sitting in the the house at the practice and just chilling out for about a half an hour mm-hmm. um and just do a little reset like that mm-hmm. coffee <laughs> <laughs> because it must yeah. be chal- it must be challenging though and I, and I do interview quite a few moms and, and that's, that's another question out there. So you got an, an, a lot of females that we listen to this podcast that are moms have a practice. How, how do you balance being a wife and a mom and, and, and practice owner? Like how, how does that work for you? I think I'm extremely lucky in the staff I have and the husband I have because mm-hmm. he picks up a lot of the slack for me in terms of like the house stuff as well. Um, and my staff does too, like they're just incredible support. Um, kids have a lot of sport, <laughs> so yep. it's constantly running around. But I think if we sort of all take on our part of it, we um, delegate pretty well, lots of communication. Um, so I don't feel that I do any of it on my own. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't feel burnt out in that side of it because we do, like, I do feel like we've got a really good balance with everyone. Um, and I don't, I don't think I like separate all those parts of my life. I think they, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think we just, like I said, just really good partners and, and able to ask for help when I need it. And, and so if you had a, maybe a, a younger chiropractor and, 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 she, and it was a female and she's thinking of having kids in the practice, would there be any advice that you'd have for, for a, a young female chiropractor who's wanting to have a family and have a practice at the same time? Make sure you have a good balance. So make sure you have, you're, you're spending time with both because if you are burning yourself out in the practice and you're not spending enough time at home, you're going to feel guilty. And if you do it the other way around your practice is not going to thrive and you're going to get really frustrated. So find that balance and make sure that it's right for you. Because I do know there's a, another young girl she just had, um, same as me pregnant in last semester of uni and she's first year out and she went back pretty early, like within a couple months of having his baby, but brand new grad and thrown into the deep end. And I know she's struggling. Um, so I just think if like really find that balance and make sure that it's right for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, talking about staff, because I know you've, you've had some stuff where now you're starting to hire some staff and kind of change yeah. some stuff around. What, what, what are some of the things that you've kind of learned lately and that you're, you're doing a little bit differently with staff than you, than you um, do? Way better leader now than I was. 
I, um, I used to depend so much on my main CA. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. She's, she's been a CA longer than I've been a chiropractor. Um, incredibly talented in so many ways. And, uh, I would go to her for all my decision-making without even realizing I was doing it, but I would make sure that she would give me the okay. Yeah. So looking for approval. <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> in everything. So now, um, and we, we, we had, we did struggle a little bit this year because of that, because I was growing and changing a lot and she was trying to back off and I didn't really realize or pick up on the fact that that's what she was trying to do. So I was giving her more tasks and loading her up even more without realizing I was doing it. And um, she sort of reached that breaking point a little bit too. And she just, she debated whether she wanted to stay on, I think, and, or if she wanted to change her role up. Mm -hmm. And we did realize that the other CAs that had come in were doing the same thing. They were, we just all sort of, put her in, you know, the boss position. And um, so, yeah, turned that all around with her and made sure to, I had to sort of step up and be that leader and change my role in the practice. And it's been so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still, she's still queen bee in CA department, but um, we don't dump nearly as much on her. <laughs> So yeah, decision making is back to me. <laughs> was that was that challenging? Kind of having some of those conversations because oh yeah, because I think too, like by the sound of it, and again we see this a lot too. If you've had a a staff that's been with you for a really long time, and and you kind of just have that connection that um, yeah, you want to please each other, right? You, you kind of have that respect for each other. So sometimes it's hard to kind of get into that like get into that conversation and find out what's really going on because some people would like to say that they could take it all on, but deep inside, they don't really want to. So how did, yeah, you, exactly. how, how did you address that conversation when that might've been a little more challenging? Um, oh yeah, that it was really hard because we, I think for her, it was, it was her coming up to me and basically saying that she was sort of done that triggered it all. And I had to really think about, um, what, what she was actually asking or what it is that she actually needed from us. And then we had this big conversation where I, I said, yeah, I had to apologize to her and tell her, you're right. Like I do dump everything on you and I do ask you for approval and everything. And she agreed that basically she had let that happen for that long because it was her natural instinct to do it. And because she was my CA for, since I started at the other practice. Wow. So eight, eight years or something. Um, yeah, so it was a really hard conversation, but I think it was both of us. She allowed me to do it and I didn't realize I was, mm-hmm. so we did, yeah, it was a hard conversation, but it was amazing in the same, in the same sense. Cause we just, um, we grew so much from that and our communication's a lot better and our meetings are better. Well, and I yeah. think too, just, um, and we've had this in the past and we've had to learn the hard way too, because Sometimes if you don't have as good a communication and you have a people pleaser staff and you start loading them, um, you know, the chiropractor's like, this is a dream. I can just give them everything I want. Yeah. And then you give it to them, give it to them. And what happened to me in the past, this is before Brandy was with us, is that they just, they actually just quit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then because when you depend on them so much, uh, they do everything. 
then when they gone, then you're really in trouble. You're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because you don't even have any policies or procedures or anything. Were you, were you guys pretty good at having policies and procedures written down so that if you hired on anybody else that they could kind of, they could kind of uh, or, or run your, your front end <laughs> in, in the last, in the last six, eight months, we do now, but before that, not really like mm -hmm. Catherine would train up. She would like our main CA, she would just train them up and she's, um, she's great at guiding people. She doesn't tell them what to do. She lets them find their own way, but then she guides them and she just, she'll have good conversations with practice members so that these other CAs are listening to her talk and they, they start to understand what language she uses and the conversations that she has. So now she's actually gone. This is my brilliant CA. She's written this massive CA manual with nice. everything. It's like a Bible of yeah. anything that you could think of that comes through these doors. It's in there. And that so, is, that's so valuable, right? Because if you have yeah. someone who's, you know, just, you just hire them and they're partially trained and they're trying to figure out like, how do you use the debit machine? That's right. How do you do the end of day closing or how do you do like whatever you can just like yeah. rifle through that. Right. Which is exactly funny. right. So she, in our new CA that just came on, we sent that to her and she had it read before she even came in on day one for her first training session. She that's just knew. awesome. Yeah, it was great. And she, she couldn't believe, she said, I cannot believe she, she just thought we, this is just what we did. <laughs> She's like, that's the most incredible book ever. I'm like, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is a huge point though, because, because it's funny because when you already have the people that have been with you for a while, and then you decide to go through a lot of personal growth, everybody in the whole office has to train up on the new procedures. Yeah. Right. And the cool thing is when you hire someone on, that's the baseline. And even, even with your volume too, because a lot of times if a CA starts with you and you're like barely surviving, seeing 50 a week or something like that, and yeah. then you basically like quadruple that, um, they're like, holy cow, I remember when you was just 50 a week. Or, or, yeah. Sometimes they don't want to work harder because they're like, uh, like it I got used to this. Yeah. It, to it takes, just as it takes us, like as chiropractors, it takes us a while to start getting to that new base camp as you guys call it yeah. um the cas are totally the same way like my my main ca i think it took her a little while to be able to push the boundaries yeah she would sit there and go no 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 this is our comfort zone right and so the new cas coming in were like oh well the rules say i can book like this so i'm going to and they just don't and, think about it and their and their base camp is exactly yeah. whatever you came in at right <laughs> yeah that right. was just normal so like that's the that's the the, the great thing about that now did, did you just did you ask her to do the procedure manual or did she do it on her own or how did, how did that she did start? that on her own because she was she knew yeah. she wanted help and she was helping you get help yeah that's right and the more she did the more she did like that the less she had to explain the little things right well, and you know yeah. what, that, that's a really good lesson for chiropractors out there too, because I've heard a lot in the past, chiropractors get burnt out with training staff, yeah. right? Because they say, it's just so exhausting. You train a staff. And, and the funny thing is, is we've, we've often brought our staff to seminars, right? And, and yeah. one of two things are going to happen. They're going to come back more on fire. Sometimes they actually leave, right? Because yeah. as you raise the bar in the practice, they either adapt with you or else they say, forget this. This is no, this is no good. But then they'll be like, but then I have to hire a new person. And if you don't have a good procedures or a policy manual or something, like we're talking about uh, with a lot of our uh, turbo shifters about creating a training schedule where we have like a 12-week training schedule where there's certain things that we want them to hit at those different levels. 
Um, you'll do what I did where I'd have a person come in and all of them usually cried on the first day because we had no yeah. procedure manual <laughs> and we'd be like, here, just go up front and kind of figure it out. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> And that was when we understaffed, understaffed all the time. So usually when we hired them, that was the only one. And there was, they didn't even have anybody to work oh, with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way back in the old days. So it's like, uh. so, so yeah, you, it's you've, been hiring, you've been hiring um, on new staff right now, right? Yes. So I have one that has been with me forever. I, have, um, I had a Caro student um, who just finishes up this year and so we let him go in back in june um and i had another one that's been with me for a couple of years and then i have two new ones so one that started back in june mm -hmm. and then the new ones that's just been here for the last week or two ah, cool. so yes and the yeah they're all incredible mm -hmm. but um it's interesting to see the new ones coming in knowing this is normal, like you said. Yeah, this is a um, new starting point, this right? Is, yeah, this is a new starting point. So, yeah, so we're looking at having two CAs on instead of just one now. Mm -hmm. Probably not all the time, but we're just, yeah, starting to to use the CAs a little bit more in some of the testing and stuff like that. Because that's cool, because a lot of people, with it, especially when you do those vitality, the, the vital signs, um, a lot of times chiropractors start doing it themselves, but then we, we try to get staff to do that too. So you kind of get chiropractic assistance from like kind of the evolving in that front role to yes. becoming more of a tech CA. And so that, that all yeah. takes training, right? But it also helps you because the goal is to get the chiropractor down to just adjusting and educating and then having everything else looked after by your amazing team. Yep. And, yep. and, it, it, and, and that's where you're moving towards, right? Cause were, were you doing the vital signs yourself mostly? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. you're moving I, into that. And now. I'm having a hard time letting that part go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, we talk about, we talk about your inventory, right? Cause we don't want to, you know, you're still growing, but we don't really want to work more hours. So in order to make that more efficient, we need more help. Yes. We, we use that analogy of, uh, you know, flying a 12 seater plane to the, the Dreamliner, right? We, we need, in order to, to, to serve more people, we need more help, right? And so that's why it's, it's nice to have those systems in place. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was, our time's grunting to the end. So I, I really appreciate you being on uh, the podcast. Thanks, and, Don. And, um, and what I do always is at the end, I just like to have people share their parting thoughts. So um, you know, we got chiropractors that are all over the world that, you know, a lot of them are just like maybe a little bit plateaued or a little bit frustrated yeah. or they're just, you know, driving to work, want to get a little inspiration and, and just what are the, the, the parting words that you'd like to share with, with people out there that are, that's kind of flowing through your mind? Well, if you can find yourself a great mentor or a couple of them, like I did, <laughs> do it because it's the best thing I ever could have done for my practice and just self-development. Absolutely no doubt about that. Um, even better yet, if you can get Don and Brandy to <laughs> you do it. Um, but if you, yeah, if you are feeling stuck in practice and you're not sure of your whys, you got you to gotta start looking. You got to start figuring out what the why is for you because otherwise it's just a grind and it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, um, I look forward to it. We'll, we'll be having our, the shift unplugged in uh, yeah. the Gold Coast in, um, on June 1st. And we look forward to seeing you there. 
right? I can't wait. Yes. That, that'll be awesome. And for, people, and for any of the Australian people out there listening or anyone in New Zealand, um, if you go to www.trueconceptseminars.com, pretty soon we'll have that registration page up for the Shift Unplugged in just outside the Gold Coast. And uh, we also have the Shift Unplugged in Phoenix in February. So go to the website to look for that. And, um, and Pierre, we just want to say we're super proud of you. It, it's Thank so you. awesome to see you grow, and 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 for people out there, she has an amazing practice. So she's 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 helping a lot of people, and she's had a lot of a lot of personal growth. So I thought it would be really cool to share her story. So, so thanks, Don. No problem. So everybody, I hope you took that story and and uh, and got a little bit inspired to you know serve more people, get get some more confidence behind you, uh, so that you can get out there and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.